by the time that we release this episode, we'll just be one or two days away from flying, leaving Malawi. Wow. I wasn't sure when you were planning to release it. Yeah. Right now it's it's a what ten days away? nine days before we leave thirteen days before we arrive in the U.S. single single digits now huh? I know it's unbelievable yeah so here we go here we go on furlough we still have quite a bit to do um, not just in preparing to leave but we have graduation on Saturday for the for Shepherd's Academy we have seven. Uh, candidates for graduation and uh, our second graduation that we've ever had. And so right now we're getting the robes ready and the decorations and all that stuff. Yeah. The the team's pretty excited about the decorations, right? Yeah. That's what we were just discussing in the office this morning, trying to look at different options. Uh, because last year I did not think about decorations. And then I wouldn't like, have either. the day before... Somebody said, maybe we should have decorations, and they threw something together. Um, but this year, we're thinking a, a few more days ahead. Maybe the <laughs> next year, we'll actually think ahead and have something uh, better. But Yeah. Yeah, so we're in the in the house, the, the guest house that you're using right now for packing, and there are suitcases everywhere, yeah. all around us. We're we're trying to pack as minimally as possible. Um, we're we're really only going to do three checked bags for the whole family, which feels like not very much. But when you add that we're taking five wheeled carry ons and seven backpacks, it turns into a lot of bags really quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when you have some little people who have to help carry things. Yeah, it's, it can be quite a bit. But. Yeah, it's but I feel really ready. I feel like I've got a lot of most of the packing done already. Yeah. And we've just been wearing our clothes that are not in good enough shape to bring back to America. <laughs> um it's been cold though, so I had to get my puffy jacket out of yeah. of the suitcase and, and wear it again. And it's funny that the kids, even even Haley, our oldest, like they they're nervous and they have they just have forgotten so much. Yeah. You know, Haley's 14 and yesterday she asked me, does it get this cold in Kentucky? And I said, honey, don't you remember? It snows in Kentucky. It was like, what, 64 degrees maybe? Yeah, maybe upper 50s. I mean, and it's cold. It is here, really cold. But, um, but she just had a brain fart about the fact that it, it's much colder yeah um, so it's just i'm sure there are so many other things that they have they have forgotten or just don't don't know what to expect yeah abraham really doesn't remember america at all yeah except for the sucker tree at heart and baptist the sucker tree at heart and baptist church <laughs> for those who aren't at heart and baptist the children's uh area is called the farm and there's a fake tree there that has little holes that the kids can put their hands in and pull out suckers or candy or candy any kind yeah. i don't know so that but made an impression on that him was literally was, the only thing he remembers from america which he was two yeah two and a half when we left two and a half so priorities two and a half <laughs> so today's episode i think is going to be a special one because 
It's an opportunity to kind of do some reflection over the last four years and to kind of look ahead to some of our goals for the next four years. Yep. I'm Josh. And I'm Stacey Lee. We're missionaries in Malawi with Gospel Life Global Missions. And this is the Gospel Life Podcast, where we talk about missions, Malawi, and more. One of the great things about doing life in this in this method of living overseas and then having a, a furlough or stateside assignment for a few months is that it gives you kind of a definite break in your life to really do a lot of reflection yeah and uh and the way we do it we've we've been here we call it a term like the president has a term we we've had our first four-year term Mm -hmm. and now we're going to be in the u.s for seven months and then we'll come back and we'll have another term that will uh will be about four years again um and and so it gives us this break to kind of think about what has happened over the last four years and also to look forward to what do we want to see happen in the next four years. So I really have been surprised at how helpful that that rhythm in life has been. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we're going to talk about some of the specific goals that we have for the next four years, but just kind of in general, I was telling uh, Janet, my assistant this morning, that I think that these past four years, I'd call them the learning years. Mm. Like, yeah, we've done a lot, but mostly it's just been learning, learning how to do what we do and yeah. learning you know, what to do and learning culture and learning everything. I think the next four years are going to be building years. Mm. We have so many new things, uh, and some of that's like literal construction, and then other things are building ministries. And then I'm hopeful that the third term will be kind of a a term of harvest. Mm. Like we've put everything in place, and now we're going to enjoy seeing the results of it. And then I told her that that the the fourth term is probably the time that I have to start letting go of some things as a leader. But that's another conversation <laughs> uh, for another day. But you know, I'll be I'll be in my late forties by then, and it'll be time for me to start you know kind of focusing on on some other areas and and letting go and letting other people do the day to day stuff. Yeah. Well, you say that you want the next term to be a building year, which is funny because we've done a lot of construction this term too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, I, you know, I feel like there's more coming. There's some that are definite plans, and then there are other things that are just kind of dreams and, and yeah. ideas um, in the future. But so when I talk about this term being kind of a learning term, part of the reason for that is well obviously it was our first term so it has to be that way but also uh it didn't happen the way that we expected it to happen 
when I was raising support in the US, uh, my little spiel that I gave to everybody was we have other missionaries we're working with. My responsibility is only pastor training. Yeah. And so we only raised money to to do Shepherd's Academy mm-hmm. and the pastor's modular schools and um, and then circumstances in life. And it was a good thing, but it just wasn't the plan initially was that I took over the the whole ministry a lot more quicker than anybody expected. It was always the plan. It was going to be kind of a long overlap. Yeah, it was going to be a long uh, uh, transition, and it just didn't happen that way, which is is fine. The Lord provided and everything, but um, suddenly <laughs> we were doing you know evangelism and church planting. We were doing compassion ministries. We were doing all the areas of ministry which you know required me to learn yeah um and a lot of administration type stuff too that you weren't prepared for yeah that was that was a big um a big leap and i had to learn you know banking and taxes and you know all the the little details that you deal with um in a new country and uh, thankfully, now I have Janet, my assistant, who helps me with all of that. She's a lifesaver. Um, saves me tons of time and, and is fantastic. But yeah, so that was that was all kind of a surprise. Um, but the Lord has has worked through it. And I think that right now we are really good at the things we do now. Yeah. Like we're, yeah, there's places we can improve. But the ministry is is going well. We've got a great team. We do that knows their jobs and their positions well. They have a g- good heart behind it. Mm-hmm. A um, trustworthy team. Trustworthy, which is important. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, we've just kind of gotten into gotten our feet under us in a sense. Yeah, we've learned how to how to stand here and. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's not always problems, electricity problems and water problems and all that stuff oh, that yeah. knocks you off. But, um, but yeah, I feel like we're we're at a good place, and so it's also a good good time to be going back to the U.S. to be sharing with people where we're at now. Yeah, uh, the needs for the future. It's just the timing is pretty perfect for, uh, like, if we weren't going home right now. Uh, home. That's a interesting. It's a word. loaded word. If huh? we weren't going to to our our passport country, our <laughs> our birth home, um, I think we would have a a difficult time in the next few years, just because there's so many new things that God's put on our heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've got a lot of big dreams for the future. Um, you've been dreaming really big. And we're really excited about a lot of cool stuff that the Lord could use this ministry for. And the funny thing is, I feel like personality wise, I would prefer just to do things small and simple. Like, yeah, I, but you're not a big program, big ministry, big thing kind of guy. I don't yeah, I don't see myself that way, but at the same time when you have needs around you and the Lord just gives you a vision 
for meeting those needs. So like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you, yeah. can't just, you can't just tell him, no, hold on, God, <laughs> you have the, the wrong person here. You need to go find somebody who... Pull a Moses. Yeah, you, you have to... You have to kind of follow and trust that, you know, the Lord, the Lord put you here and the Lord put this in your heart. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like I, this isn't, this isn't natural to me, but, um, but on the other hand, you know, it's what God is doing. And on the other hand, I'm kind of the guy who says I'm going to do something small and then go and do something crazy, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, a few months ago I went on a solo hike and it was just going to be two, two or three miles. And then all of a sudden I, I hiked nine miles all the way across <laughs> the mountain. And yeah, uh, that's kind of, you, you do kind of do that. Yeah. Yeah. I married you. So yeah. that's, and I don't help. We say we're going to adopt one or two kids and we end up adopting four. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is more of a pattern than we realize. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, so, you know, we could talk about a lot of things, but I think probably for this podcast. And so our listeners don't just die before the podcast ends. <laughs> uh, we could probably categorize things into, into four. Four, four dreams. Air, four dreams. Yeah. 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 So the first one, um, these are in no particular order, but the first one we'll talk about is sending Malawians as missionaries to Mozambique. Mm -hmm. So Mozambique is the, of all the sub-Saharan African countries, Mozambique has more unreached people groups than any other sub-Saharan African country. Really? Yeah, I think it's 41 wow. unreached people groups according to the International Mission Board's um, peoplegroups.org. Uh, so we here in Zomba are surrounded by Mozambique on three sides. Mm -hmm. um, if you go west, if you go east, if you go south, um, you're yeah. going to go to Mozambique. Mozambique shaped like a Y and Malawi sits down in the middle of the top of that Y. Yeah. And we already have 18 churches that are partner churches with us that are in Mozambique. Most of them right within thrown, uh, stone throws distance of the border. And so it just seems very clear to me that what God wants us to do is to is is to reach those unreached people groups that are right across the border from us. Yeah. Um, and there's one that's that's mostly on the Malawian side of the border uh, that we've targeted as well. But uh, but most of them are in Mozambique, and Mozambique is a very um, rural country in the mm -hmm. in the areas we're talking about. Of course, it has a big city, the capital city, but. Um, things are more spread out. There's more like jungly areas than, um, than Malawi. The population density isn't as thick and it's just, it's very difficult. There are some terrorists. There are some, some terrorism. There's some, um, groups from the civil war that are still like guerrilla groups. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking last weekend with some friends who are missionaries in Mozambique and it was interesting about how. They said they're very against educating the people. Yeah. They don't, the government doesn't support any kind of education. 
Yeah. Because they want the people to stay ignorant so that they can oppress them. Yeah. Yeah. So healthcare education, Bible education, school, anything like that. Yeah. And that's an environment that we send um, missionaries from the West, from America and Europe to Mozambique, but it's it's difficult. It's yeah. a very difficult place for for Western missionaries to live and then further difficulties to break into those people groups through relationships and language and culture. And it's a much shorter distance culturally for Malawians to reach Mozambicans. Right, because a lot of them are from the same tribes. Like the country borders didn't always exist and Europeans came in and drew these lines just cutting tribes in half. Yeah, and and some of the tribes were migratory and some of the tribes, uh, they they came to Malawi as refugees from the Civil War. And, mm. you know, there's all kinds of movements of peoples. And, um, and so a lot of the tribes crossed the borders. And then there are other tribes that are... Um, very closely related to tribes that we already minister to, mm. but they speak a different language, they're slightly different, they have a different identity, but it's a lot easier for them because they're so close for someone who's Sina, for example, or Lomwe, for example, to reach, reach them. So we've identified five unreached people groups um, I won't give you all of the information, but if you want to look up on Joshua Project or or peoplegroups.org, they're the Yao. That's the one that the majority are in Malawi, but they're also in Mozambique. Makuma, Malinje, it's spelled with an R, but we pronounce our R's with as an L. Marinje is mm. how you would find it. The Lolo and the Nyungwe. Okay. Yeah, so those... Those unreached people groups, they all kind of surround this part of Malawi, and we've put them in our prayers uh, at our pastor's school. The the men knew them. The, a lot of these people groups come to Malawi to trade mm -hmm. vegetables and different things. So um, our hope is that God will call out from among us men that we can support to move their families to these areas help them start up building a home, starting a business or, or buying farmland or whatever fits in that area. And, um, and they become our missionaries to those people groups. So one thing uh, that you've been dreaming about for a while on a different note is an online education program for some of our best and brightest Shepherds Academy students. Yeah, so we have two programs through Shepherds Academy right now, and that is our modular for guys who are already pastors and are older, more established. They can't come here uh, to live for three months out of the year. And then our residential for younger guys. And all of that's in Chichewa. It's our residential program is just a two-year program. It's very basic. So I think the next step is to have something more intensive, more uh, going deeper. And um, so what we've thought about doing is cooperating with a Bible college or seminary 
in the United States, and uh, I'm setting up some meetings with different uh, colleges and seminaries to see the options. But then our students doing, uh, probably starting just with an associate's degree, Mm. two-year degree, and then uh, some of them going on to a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology. Uh, And because uh, it would be a very new thing, they haven't ever been to college or anything, it would be kind of fostered by myself and Isaac. So we're going to take the syllabi with them, walk them through what to do, oversee their work, you know, Mm -hmm. really kind of coach them on this side of the computer. And, uh, and then also uh, the classes that I'm qualified to teach as a, as a PhD in biblical theology, I wanna teach some of those classes here for our cohort of guys. Yeah. yeah, that's It's just so cool, it's so exciting. And this will be a really big financial investment. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot just to get the program off the ground in terms of, you know, furniture and a, a small library, textbooks for each class, um, computers, computers, uh, even like a, a backup electricity system generator or, or <laughs> solar. Power outages are so bad here. Yeah, and then uh, there's tuition. The, the ongoing cost of tuition and internet prices, oh, which yeah. are not cheap here, uh, but especially the tuition because everyone knows what college costs in the United right. States. Uh, but I think it is a real worthy investment because we're going to have guys come out of this program that are really going to be the backbone of of the ministry here because they're going to have a level of understanding of the bible and ministry uh that that is just gonna gonna be off the charts compared to what we're doing now yeah um so you know we're we're praying about that i'm having meetings um hopefully in the u.s with different bible colleges and seminaries to try to work out that program and uh, and we'll see. I, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to uh, do that soon. Talking about electronics and technology and that kind of thing kind of leads into your next big dream, which is quite possibly your biggest dream. <laughs> I mean, financially at least, right? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. the most expensive. I don't know. One. The online program will be pretty expensive too. The but. online will be expensive continually. The, this one is more of an expensive setup cost. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a media house. Yeah, the Gospel Life Media House. Uh, we just see a real need to get um, printed and uh, digital media of biblical teaching into the atmosphere, if you will, of, of Malawi. We're just so blessed in the United States. I mean, we're just so wealthy with the um, books and podcasts and uh, blogs and you know every resources out the nose. Yeah, um, and in Chichewa, there's almost nothing. Um, so we we want to be the ones who produce that. We want to be uh, the 
if you will, the desiring God or the gospel coalition or whatever, you know, of of Malawi, of Malawi. provide those resources for people to know the Bible and to know God better. Yeah. So we, during the pandemic, we started a website called chipunzitsochona.com, which means um, true teaching or sound doctrine. Uh, and we, we started putting recordings up there, but it, we got busy and we didn't really keep it up. Uh, so our goals are to put more resources on that website in terms of both audio and video and especially text because um, Malawians with internet prices, they really prefer to access things through text. Yeah. And especially Facebook is free in Malawi as long as you don't pull up the pictures and the videos and stuff. Yeah. So if we put things on there that are text about biblical teaching, then um, it's going to have a big impact. And then also physically during the pandemic, when we couldn't have pastor schools, we put recorded teaching on little SD cards that people put in their phones and play off their phones. And it was a huge hit. Like, not only did the pastors listen to this teaching over and over again, they also would bring speakers to the church. They'd play it for the entire church. Um, it had a huge impact. But once again, like we just were too busy to... Once the other ministries and the school and stuff got back up. Yeah, we couldn't keep doing that and everything else. Um, and then the the last component, and this is the the big one, is book publishing. So we're talking with another ministry that all they do is help ministries like ours buy print-on-demand equipment uh, at cost, and they teach us how to use it, and we buy the supplies through them, and we can produce actual paperback books with you know glued binding and glossy covers, like professionally done paperback books we can print here on site for the cost of about $2.50 a book. And we've already been working on the first few books, even before you really got this vision for in-house printing. Yeah. So our first book hopefully will come out in July or August, and it'll be available in the United States in English uh, through by ordering off of Amazon or Walmart or anywhere, really. Um, and I don't know if people understand this, uh, we nerds know this, but, um, when you buy a book off of Amazon, most of those books are not sitting in an Amazon warehouse. They are printed the moment you place that order. Yeah. So I have a lot of books that if I flip to the back, I ordered off of Amazon and it says printed in Lexington, Kentucky on this date, which was the same month I ordered it. Mm -hmm. Because when I press that order button, it sent a notification to the factory to print that book on demand. So it's only if like they expect a book to be really, really popular that they print a huge run of them and have them in warehouses anymore. Most books are just printed on demand in the U.S., and that's what we'll be using in the United States. And then we're thinking, how can we print our copies for Malawi? Do we print them in the U.S. and ship them? That's very expensive. Print them in South Africa and ship them. That's very expensive. Print them in Malawi. The quality is going to be really low. 
And so um, that's when we found out about this this ministry. Um, and so, you know, we're going to be printing our own books. We're going to be printing song books, maybe like uh, Gospels of John mm-hmm. um, that are evangelistic uh, gospels, resources for churches, like membership role records and you know, all resources for parents. I've been recording our resources um, for parents. I've been recording what Josh teaches our kids at night during family worship. We have been just going through books of the Bible yeah. and uh, I want to get that printed up and all of these things will be translated into Chichewa and maybe someday into other local languages as well. Yeah, exactly. And then additionally, this ministry, their system also allows us to print um, certain books from from ministries like Nine Marks and Desiring God have uh, cooperation agreements with them where we can print their English books here in Malawi um, for those who want to read English and, and, you know, I just, you know, me, I'm a book lover. (laughs) Yeah. That it's one of the hardest things about living here is I have no access to books except for Kindle. And I use Kindle, but I don't enjoy Kindle. Right. I use it out of necessity. And, um, and so it's just, there's just such a need. You know, some people might say, well, this is an oral culture, so you don't really need printed books. I think because it's an oral culture, there's actually a bigger demand for printed books because those who are reading um, are so desperate to get anything. Mm. And then secondly, when we produce books that are on the level of the books that we're going to be publishing with Gospel Life Press, um, where they're widely available for people with a primary school education, uh, they once we give them that book and they are able to read it and understand it, that becomes a treasure for them. Yeah. In a way where, you know, I have books in my office that I haven't read. Yeah. You know, that's not going to happen to these many mm-hmm. of these books. They're going to be read over and over and over again um, because they're going to be treasured in a way. So the Go- the Gospel Life Media House is a is a building that we hope to build that will have a recording studio, a video studio and the printing press, um, a little storefront um, that will be run by. I don't know what we'll call him, a director of media. Yeah. Um, and he will put things on the web and he'll put things physically. And we're just going to hopefully flood this country with biblical teaching. And I mentioned this. Stop me if I'm rambling. No, go ahead. I, I mentioned this when we launched uh, our website, chipunzitsochona.com. If you Google anything that has to do with the Bible in Chichewa, what website comes up? Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. I mean, they understand this. Mm-hmm. They have they have already beaten us to it. Um, and all the biblical resources that you can find in this country are either from cults or from prosperity gospel, which is really just another cult. Like right. everything is from from those perspectives, but finding things from a biblical, sound theological perspective is impossible. And we want to make that um, easy 
for especially for the people we work with, but eventually, you know, for the entire country. If you can't tell as a listener, um, Josh is a nerd and a scholar and a teacher and He's just so excited about this one. (laughs) He just gets so wound up when he talks about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, you know, that's going to be a big, a big fundraising issue. And I hopefully we'll have some major foundations and stuff that work with us, but also it'll to keep it running. It's easy to get in one sense. It's easier to get the big donations yeah to do the big projects because there are people out there that that's what they like to do the harder part is getting the ongoing funding that come mostly from your regular people regular churches regular families uh to keep something going and the the organization with that does the printing uh, uh technology um told me they've put out a lot of systems through the years and they've had a lot where they're just not in operation anymore because the ongoing funding, Mm -hmm. they got the initial funding, but the ongoing funding wasn't there to continue. So, um, so when we're talking about some of these things, it's, yeah, we're talking about to big donors, but we're also talking to regular, regular people. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes both to keep these things going. And our last big dream is another pretty big dream. <laughs> Have you noticed that big we're dreams only? We're dreaming big here. Yeah. 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 Um, which is that we are hoping to expand our compassion ministries going forward. Mm-hmm. So, right now, what is compassion ministries? We call it compassion ministries, but it's really just one thing the medical clinics. Yeah, mobile medical clinics. Uh, and that's you know, that's all we've we've done in that area, um, and it's important. It's a good ministry. It's got to keep going, but especially through the clinics and through evangelism and other areas mm-hmm. of ministry, we see even more needs that we think that we should uh, be doing something to meet. Yeah, yeah. So I think the first one that came to my mind was a disability ministry. Mm-hmm. You had a direct inspiration for that one. Yeah. Well, you know, our inspiration, of course, is that we have a child with a disability and he, we try to do everything we can to give him everything he needs to excel, but we're surrounded by people who have children with disabilities and, um, and they don't have any sort of resources or help or, you know, this isn't a country that has great social services or yeah. anything. Um, it really, there's really a lot of, you know, uh, isolation in mm-hmm. terms of if you have a child with a, a disability. Uh, so we would love to um, come in and help these especially children, I say, I keep saying children, it doesn't have to just be children, but especially children with disabilities come in medically with medical professionals to assess their needs. Does this person need a surgery that we can take them to the hospital in Blantyre and pay for them to have the surgery they need? Do they need, you know, a wheelchair or some uh, equipment or, you know, what do they need medically? And then also have a teaching side to it where we teach these families 
that this is a person that is made in the image of God. Yeah. And this is uh, to understand disability and suffering in a in a biblical way, rather than seeing it as a as a curse or mm -hmm. the person as less than human or or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one that's been on my heart particularly, and also Susan, who's Isaac's wife, she's uh, in nursing school, um, has been a crisis pregnancy center. Yeah, and we have no clue how this would work. <laughs> no, we this really don't. This was just like last week you said, hey, I think we should have a crisis pregnancy center. I said, oh, okay, I'll put it on the list. We'll see what God does. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Susan, she's doing her school right now at um, a maternity ward, mm -hmm. and she's seeing, you know, women abandoning their newborns at the hospital, women coming for abortions because they just have really hard life circumstances and well, a lot of um a lot of them who have initiated abortions at home through drinking bleach and other things or, and then they they're sick and they come and then the hospital has to finish what they started. Yeah, or, or women even die in this country from trying to give themselves abortions at yeah. home. So um, yeah, that's just, you know, Susan and I were talking and you can, like she can counsel a woman, uh, an abortion is not what's best and not what God wants. But when these women are in these situations that feel impossible, yeah. they need more than just to say, don't get an abortion. And yeah. I think I think anybody in the U.S. understands that as well. If you are actively pro-life, you you have to do more than just say abortions are bad. Yeah. You, yeah. you have to step up and help. Yeah. Yeah. But again, we don't know what that would look like because we don't have the social safety net in Malawi that yeah. uh, like crisis pregnancy centers can can you know counsel for things like adoption whereas here adoption is very rare very mm -hmm. difficult um and yeah so we just don't know what a crisis pregnancy center would do but we see a need yeah. that somehow maybe it's our calling to meet yeah, so it's something that Susan and I have started praying for anyway. Yeah. Similarly is um, an addiction clinic, I guess we could call it. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we got our medical license for um, our mobile clinics, we had to set up a clinic here on the mission property as if like we had a doctor here. Yeah, because our mobile clinics are just like the mobile version of what we have here. And so we have a room that's never been used. There's never been a doctor that goes in there like it's a clinic, but we don't use it. Mm -hmm. um, and what I think one of the major needs specifically in our neighborhood here is problems with addiction. Yeah. Um, alcohol and marijuana specifically. We've seen through Gospel Life Baptist Church, young men who have come to faith in the gospel, but have just struggled and struggled because before that, all they did was drink and smoke. Yeah. That's all they did all day long. And, you know, it's very difficult for them to, to stop those habits. Um, and, we just really, I think, should have 
something in terms of medical, helping them to break those addictions, but also with counseling to help them grow in discipleship in their faith mm -hmm. um, so that we can, we can rescue these young men. And the thing is, as we were talking with some friends last week, it, the scary thing is that the drug problem in Malawi is probably going to be getting worse rather yeah. than better because Malawi is becoming a transit hub for specifically cocaine that is traveling to South Africa. And so, you know, whenever it stops here, some, some of it's going to get used here. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, that's going to be another level of, of things that are, are difficulty. Mm -hmm. And then we have one more piece of our expanded compassion ministries. Just which, one more. Just one more. You know, <laughs> like we said, big dreams. Um, this one is really cool to me because this was um, my original idea at, yeah. at 18 was that I would I would use agriculture as an end for missions. Yeah. And so you have come up with this vision for an agriculture ministry. ministry? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this would be mostly targeted towards our pastors, probably training them in better methods of farming, um, more holistic methods of farming that will provide them a more steady provision of food and income. So Malawi right now, most of the farmers, it's really boom or bust. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have a fantastic year or you're going to have nothing. And part of that, in some places, that's, that's you can't prevent it. I mean, there's floods, there's floods and droughts. And droughts. Uh, but you can, uh, in many places, do better uh, when there's kind of that in-between. Uh, because the farming methods right now are just break up the soil and plant and hope for the best uh, and use lots of, of fertilizer, chemical, chemical fertilizer, fertilizers. The result is first, before you even plant, your topsoil is blowing away. Mm -hmm. So in October, inside our house, everything just becomes red <laughs> because there's a layer of dust on everything. Yeah. And that is the topsoil from the fields. Like yeah. this is dust bowl it is. conditions that we had in the United States where, and if your topsoil erodes or blows away, then it takes a long time to rebuild that topsoil. And then secondly, they just plant um, and without any covering. And the result is that when the rain comes, it washes away a lot of the topsoil. Mm -hmm. And also when the rain doesn't come, the moisture's gone yeah. immediately. Whereas if you use some mulching ground cover methods, um, it slows down the water when it hits so that the, um, the soil doesn't wash away and it preserves the moisture in the soil for longer if there's a dry period. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing with fertilizer is that, right, fertilizer is made out of petroleum. Uh, I didn't know that. And so with gas prices going up and up and up, 
um, the, the fertilizer is also going up and up and up. So at planting time this year, a bag of fertilizer would, was like, um, was like 50,000 quacha, I believe. Which is about $50. Yeah. It is now. It is now. Then it was what? Probably $70. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and now last, last time I checked, I bet it's even more because the quacha has lost value. Uh, last I checked, it was 75,000 quacha a bag, Mm. which we, we have a lot of people that work for us and we give them loans just personal loans during planting season so they can even buy that at the old price. Mm -hmm. And now at the new price, it's going to be almost impossible. And because they've destroyed the topsoil, they need tons and tons of fertilizer to get it to do anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you just look at Malawi, God has really given Malawi everything it needs. Mm -hmm. You know, if we learn to... Uh, use more natural composting methods and and different things. Then, uh, then this could be a place that thrives. Yeah. Um, but the current methods are really destroying um, the environment rather than building it up. And and the result is that people are suffering. Like this is not just like hippie environmentalist stuff. <laughs> like the people suffer because they're using poor farming methods. Yeah, I think there may be some people who say, but what does this have to do with with missions, with the gospel? Yeah, so it obviously we should care about people suffering. Right. Like, that, like we, Paul agrees in Galatians chapter two that he's going to still be taking care of the poor as he mm-hmm. goes and preaches the gospel. Uh, both of those things should be integral to the missionary task. Uh, but secondly, um, we're thinking about pastors. This is their livelihood. And if they are not providing for their families, I mean, all of our pastors, all of them are bivocational. Yeah. So we don't have a single full-time pastor who makes his living from preaching. Do any of them get really anything from their churches? Yeah, some of them. And sometimes they'll have like a pastor Sunday and the, all the offering that day goes to bless the pastor. Mm. Or sometimes at harvest, church members will give them a bag of maize or something. Um, so yeah, they do things for their pastors, but it still isn't, they're not making a living right. off of ministry. And so anything we can do to support them to have more stability Mm-hmm. also enables them to uh, focus even more on the ministry. Right. Because if you're a bivocational pastor and you don't know where your income's coming from, then that's a big distraction for you being doing your shepherding well. Yeah. Um, and we want to, to enable them to do their shepherding well um, while still being uh, bivocational pastors, because that's a wonderful thing. That's a biblical thing. But um, when you're worried and, and you're you're constantly focused on your your family's needs, it's hard to worry about the church's needs. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, especially these last four church plant, uh, not church planting, compassion ministry stuff. Uh, these are not things we're gonna do 
just the two of us. Absolutely not. We are maxed out yeah. as we are. Yeah, and we have a great team, and that team, Malawian team, will expand. But also, you know, we just pray that the Lord will send people, especially in the area of Compassion Ministries. The, the other three things I think we'll do no matter what. Right. But the Compassion Ministries area... Um, we can't do anymore. No. And it's not really our our gifting. Yeah. Uh, although we love to be involved because we have a heart for it, but like we need somebody who whose gifting is in these areas. So be praying that God uh, sends um, a family probably to come and live here with us full time and really yeah. do this massive massive work that the Holy Spirit is leading us towards. Right. We need teammates to help us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and we're praying and we're we're talking to people. There are people who are interested, but just, you know, it's a long journey to it's not like in the US where you have a job interview. Yeah. And then you get an answer and they accept it, you know, and it all can happen in two weeks or a month. Right. Like this is we we talk to people with like a year or two years down the road of them right. coming and living here. So uh, it's a massive undertaking for Americans. Um, so just be praying and, and yeah. that we'll be wise and that we'll, God will show us the way on those things. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Gospel Life Go. God provides for the needs of Gospel Life through your prayers and gifts. To become a prayer or giving partner, go to gospellife.org. We hope you join us in glorifying God by growing disciples who make disciples. We hope that you live a gospel life.